0: Well, good evening, church. If you stand with me, please, and open your Bibles to Philippians chapter number 4. We'll be in Philippians chapter number 4 tonight. While you're turning there, I just want to say thank you, pastor and church, for the opportunity to get to bring a challenge about missions. And this ministry means so much to me, so I really appreciate it. We're going to start in verse number 1 here tonight, Philippians chapter number 4. It says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for, my joy and crown." So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Theodius and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel and with Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Skipping down to verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to get to open your word tonight, to hear a challenge from your word, to stir our hearts for missions, and I pray that you would speak clearly through me tonight, and I pray that all this would be to your glory and honor. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, church, I'm excited that I get to talk about missions tonight. This is like my Super Bowl week. I love missions. It's what I eat, sleep, and breathe every single day. Uh, But before we dive deeper into the text tonight, I have to make a disclosure. Uh, For those of you who don't know what a disclosure is, it's that, that piece at the end when your doctor says, I'm about to give you this shot, and they hand you that paper, and it has all the side effects on it. Or most people would notice it by, uh, you watch one of those pharmaceutical commercials and it's got all these happy people up on the screen and down at the very bottom you see these little tiny words and that that voice actor is on there reading at two and a half times the speed and reading off all these things and you're thinking to yourself, baldness, blindness, loss of limb, sudden death. What in the world do I want to take this pill for? Well, tonight, what I want to do is, as we look at our points here, I want to make a disclosure for you all of what would happen if you skip points one and two and just head straight to point number three. If we don't really look in and lean into points one and two, what might happen to us if we just skip to point number three? So, uh, if you would, uh, let's let's get let's get into this here. And uh, if you would, we'll start with point number one here tonight, and that's an active walk with the Lord, an active walk with the Lord. What I loved about the sermon last Wednesday night, it was a beautiful illustration about if we're not plugged into the source of our power, if we're not plugged into the Holy Spirit and plugged into God, how can we possibly think that we can be active in the missions the way that God wants us to be? I want us to think for a moment. It, Micah says in verse six, in, uh, chapter 6 verse 8, says, He hath shown thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. This is spending time with God daily in his word. Preferably in the morning as we see over and over again Jesus leaving the camp and going off into a far place and spending time with God in the morning. This is reading scripture and meditating, not only on what it means, but also what God's trying to say to us in that moment, what his words are mean. This is praising God. This is listening to that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit inside of us, and it's spending time communing with God out loud. So point number one tonight is an active walk with the Lord. Point number two tonight, quickly, is our active service to our church family our active service to our church family. We're reminded in Galatians chapter number 6, verse 10, it says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Look, if you find yourself struggling to be involved in this church body, if you're finding a hard time to get involved with the people you love, your church family, how hard is it going to be to try to get involved with with a missionary family who you probably don't know or don't know very well and they're 3,000 miles away. So church, if, if I can encourage you tonight, uh, we need to lean in, we need to have an active walk with the Lord, we need to have an active service with our church family or else we may suffer the following side effects. Side effect number one is forgetfulness. Number two, the inability to concentrate. Number three, the lack of energy. Four, emotionally, feeling disconnected, and oh yes, of course, sudden death. So sure, you can, you can decide not to have a daily walk with the Lord and, and not serve in some capacity with your local body believers, but let me ask you this. If you're forgetting to pray to God and thank Him every day for what He's done for you and lay down the burdens that you have on your heart, how on earth are you going to remember to pray for missionaries that you never met? Side effect number one, forgetfulness. An amazing blessing that comes with disciplined, dedicated prayer every morning is concentration. Anyone in here struggling to keep your mind focused when you pray? This is something that we need to exercise in order to perfect. This is something that we need to do by silencing our phones in the morning getting up before the house gets loud and gets noisy, getting somewhere into what we call our prayer closet and get quiet. A way to help you do this is start by singing a song, finding the lyrics for and finding a hymn or a spiritual song and start, read, and start singing it out loud to God. Reading the words on the page, thinking about what they mean, singing out loud helps you to hone in and focus in on what you're trying to do. You ever found yourself trying to read something and a noise will happen and it distracts you, or you try to just listen to the Bible in the morning, but then your eyes start to wander and they go off. But if you're reading and listening and singing out loud, you can really focus in on what you're doing with the Lord. But if you start to get distracted and you realize that after 15 minutes of your precious 20 in the morning, that your time's already gone, do you really think that you're going to have time to sincerely spend? praying for those individual needs of that missionary family, you said, God, I'm going to commit to pray for them. This is side effect number two, the inability to concentrate. And for those in the room tonight who's exercised before and, and all of a sudden had to step away from it, how hard is it to go back to exercising again? Or for those of you who've never exercised before, how hard is it to go into a gym full of people who are just absolutely fit? How intimidating is that? Now imagine what it would be like if you don't serve in your own local body of believers to then decide to jump in and try to get involved with a local missions outreach or something even harder in an international outreach. Suddenly the body starts to feel side effect number three, a lack of physical and spiritual energy and that want to get involved. And and now that that seat in church and that couch at home start to look a lot more comfortable. And how emotionally invested are you in a project at church that you've spent numerous ministry and volunteer hours performing? How much joy does it bring you when you see that you played a key role in bringing someone to a saving faith in our Lord? Or do you get upset when someone completely wants to undo or overhaul your hard work? Well, of course you do. Because you've grown emotionally attached to the project and the people involved and all the time that you spent in this. Now, if you don't know what it's like to experience the joy of seeing the fruit of your own ministry because you haven't plugged into your local body, how do you think that you're going to be able to care about and pray about work going on 3,000 miles away and fruit that you'll likely never see until you get to heaven? This is side effect number four, feeling emotionally disconnected. And I think you can all can see by now where I'm going with this. If you're not active with your walk in the Lord and you're not active in your service to your local church family, that calling or that feeling that you might feel tonight, that conviction that you may feel tonight to, to want to get involved with missions may suddenly experience death. So now with my very joyful disclosure out of the way, let's dive into the meat of our text here tonight with point number three, And that's my favorite part, an active involvement in missions, an active involvement with missions. Paul encourages us in Ephesians chapter number 6 to pray all, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, the utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Colossians 4 tells us, With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Church, I want to remind us all tonight that our missionaries that that we have have been commissioned by our church We've prayed for them, we sent them out, we've supported them, and we essentially have said you are our hands and feet of Rosedale Baptist Church where we sent you. No matter where in the world you represent us, we can't be where you are. God's called us here, but God has called us to fulfill the Great Commission, and we're doing that through you. And we're also commanded that we're to pray for boldness and the opportunity to speak for all of our missionaries so that they can make known the mystery that is the gospel. So, tonight, as we, we read in its most basic form, this is a, a prayer letter, as we would understand it, that Paul is writing back to one of his supporting churches, the church at Philippi. If you remember church history, this is the first church that Paul helped to plant. And so, he's writing back a letter here. He's addressing an issue in the church, he's encouraging them, and he's thanking them for not only the financial but the physical support that they sent to him. So, if you'll write down with me here tonight, letter A, what we can first see in our text here is what it takes to be actively involved in missions is a strong relationship. A strong relationship. It says in verse number one, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Iodias and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Paul goes on to even say in the beginning at Philippians chapter number one, verse eight, for God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. What we can see here, and I love how pastor likes to point this out when it shows in scripture, when God bookends things by repeating himself, this is important, look in, zero in, We see Paul repeat here the the phrase, brethren, dearly beloved. And he ends the verse in verse number one, my dearly beloved. This is an endearing term to show us that he has a close relationship with the people at Philippi. Imagine if your your car mechanic calls you, or if your spouse calls you, or a loved one calls you. Are you going to answer the phone a little differently? Or maybe you get off the phone and You're about to have your salutation as you leave. Are you going to say goodbye to your car mechanic a little bit differently than you would your your sweetheart, right? Well, Paul is showing us here that he has a different kind of relationship here with this church. He's saying, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. But also look next how he uses specific names as he's writing to them in verse number two, I beseech Yodius and I beseech Syntike that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. This is Paul the Apostle we're talking about here. He could have easily addressed division in the church by a more general blanket statement. He didn't have to take the time to point out these individual names, but he did. What does this show us? Paul cared about these individuals. He mentions them by name. What also it shows is he remembers them. Think of all the hundreds of thousands of people that he would have come across at this point. And he remembers these people individually because he had a strong relationship with this church. And look also how we can see that Paul built a strong relationship here with this church by spending time laboring with them. Verse number three. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. So church tonight, as we're thinking about how can we start to build a strong relationship with our missionaries, let's do this. Let's pick one missionary family and let's learn their names. We have 65 plus missions points that our church supports, which is amazing. So many of them so thankful. I got to watch many of the videos they sent in for us for our our special day on Sunday. And all of them so grateful and thankful we've been supporting them for years. Some of them we even supported their parents before they got on the field. But let's learn their names. And then secondly, let's let's start to correspond with them quarterly. And you might ask, how in the world am I gonna correspond with these missionaries quarterly? They're all around the world. Well, I love that instead of having to send messengers in today's day and age, we don't have to send Epaphroditus, but we, we have email. So what's wonderful is that rosedalebaptist.org missions, if you scroll down, you'll see our missions map. And on there, when you see all the different points around the world and the families that are represented, we have their contact information there for you. Their websites, their prayer letters, all of that's right there in a nice, neat package for you to start to build this relationship and why do I say quarterly? Well, this is just a practical insider for you, that missionaries are kind of trained to correspond with their churches quarterly. It's just kind of when we know, okay, it's been another three months, let's let our church families know what's going on. They'd be expecting to hear from you at that point. But then also, and I love this piece, is that when Paul talks about laboring together, you don't traditionally see this in a lot of churches, but if we have a church church, uh, a missionary couple or a missionary family, come join us. Let's actually invite them to join in these same ministries that we love. Let me tell you that most missionaries would love to just roll up their sleeves and get involved in a, in a ministry here at the church on the day that they're here. They would love to get to serve because they love God and they love His church. They'd much rather be serving alongside of you building that relationship and getting to know you rather than going out and sitting down in a restaurant being served fast food and trying to come up with small talk. So, point number one tonight is a strong relationship. Letter A, strong relationship. But as we keep reading, we can see that Paul begins to show us how the second piece, how we can be actively involved in missions here is a steadfast encouragement. A steadfast encouragement. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, wherefore comfort yourselves together... And edify one another, even as also you do. And Paul here practices what he's preaching. He says in verse number four in our text tonight: "Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And let the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. When we're churches, we're corresponding with our missionaries. Let's remember that we need to encourage them. How great is it when someone comes up alongside you and just offers that word of encouragement, and they had no idea that was the exact wording that you needed to hear that day. The sad fact of the mission field is that many of our missionaries feel isolated, like they're on an island. They've left their church families at home and now they're all on their own trying to start it in a culture they don't know, a a language that they're learning. And it's just a struggle to get up every day just to even do the basic things. And they're constantly pouring out and no one's ever pouring back into them. But as Proverbs chapter number 15, verse 23 tells us, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good is it? You never know what effect your words of encouragement to our missionaries can mean to them. And lastly, here we have our letter C. We have a sincere sacrifice. And Paul begins to end his letter here with this sincere thank you to the church for what they provided. And we're reminded of our sincere sacrifice when we read 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 where it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Paul's writing here to the church at Philippi to say thank you. Not that I was in need of it, because God supplies everything that I need, but I do thank you for the physical provision you gave me and... You not only sent Epaphroditus to help me in my labor, as we see in verse 10 here, let's read. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, there would to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, notwithstanding ye have done well that ye have communicated with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, as we think tonight about our sincere sacrifice, this is where we at Rosa Baptist Church, we give to what's called faith promise giving. If you haven't heard of it before, this is how we as a church raise our missions funds to go to our missionaries. We don't have a line item within our budget from our tithes. We go on faith, as we clearly see here from the Bible, that we go on faith by what you all promise to give, and we give that to our missionaries directly, every penny of it. So what is faith promise giving? It's, it's simply this, money over and above our tithe that goes directly to missions. We trust God to provide the resources. We personally commit to God to faithfully give the amount that he's laid on our heart, and we give that over the next year. And why do we do this? Because it exercises our faith in a tangible way, It helps us to recalibrate our priorities about what matters in life. And it enables us to help missionaries get to the foreign field and to further the Great Commission. So church, as as we think tonight about what our action steps are for when we leave here, I want to leave you with this. Let's sincerely pray and ask God how He wants you to be involved here at the missions ministry at Roseau Baptist Church. Ask, which of our missionaries does he want you to pray for? When you go tonight and you scroll down our missions page and you look at all those dots, it looks overwhelming on there, but ask God, which of these missionary families do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to get to know personally? Next, ask, how do you want me to serve? This is probably one of the most challenging right here. How do you want me to serve, Lord? Do you you want me to serve here locally in one of our already established missions outreaches or do you want me to start a new one do you want me to go on a missions trip and step out in faith and start asking people will you donate so that I can go on this mission trip or God will you provide in some miraculous way that I can go overseas and, and be that Epaphroditus to our missionaries or God is tonight are you the burden on my heart is there a is there somewhere in this world that you're calling me to is it somewhere here in the United States that's never heard the gospel before that needs that gospel light, as we saw in our video? Or is there somewhere around the world that has no gospel presence? And is he calling you here tonight? And finally, how much, God, do you want me to support the faith-promised missions here at Rosedale Baptist Church? Do you want me just to give monetarily or God, do you want me to do more? Do you want me to help with fundraisers? Do you want me to donate to the different projects we have here that we're sending overseas? God, how do you want me to be active in missions? So as we leave tonight, I want us to remember this, that an active faith isn't a one-time step or a leap. It's a lifestyle that's centered around your walk with the Lord your service to your church family, and your involvement in the work of the Great Commission here at Rosedale. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge tonight. God, I pray that we would have a new fire for missions. I pray that you laid a family on our hearts that we'll start that relationship with tonight. Father, I pray that you would help us in this endeavor to see how you want us to give to missions this year and how we can encourage others to do the same so that we can fulfill the Great Commission and get the gospel to every corner of this earth. Father, we love you, and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.